Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. This is now a two-time guest. My dear friend, Bridget Boucher is here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jackie. You might be one of my first two-time guests. I'm trying to think back. And it feels so exciting for me to have you here again, because the first time you came on the show was during our Women's Inspiring series. And we were talking a lot about transitions from past lives into where we are today. And today we're actually talking about a brand new title to your career, which is author, your brand new author. I am. It's so exciting. And just to hear it out loud makes it even more real. (laughs) It is real. Like you have, you have a physical copy. I need to go buy myself a heck of a lot of copies so that I can have it all over my walls as well. But Money Queen is coming out September 12th where people can get their hands on it. And I'm so excited to have you on the show and just talk more about you becoming an author and what that process was like and what the book is about and who it serves. Yeah, I love this so much. I know there's a lot of listeners out there that might have a book in them. And so whether it's a book or a different milestone, um, I'm happy to kind of share how it all came together. Um, As with anything that you stretch into, uh, it comes with some growing pains, but they're so beautiful on the other side. And, And my experience was kind of just like that. But, you know, the book was really born out of a desire for me to help more people. And so being a fractional CFO who works one-on-one with several, you know, scaling entrepreneurs, I realized that I've learned a few things. <laughs> I've, I identified, say. <laughs> I've identified a few patterns, not just in me scaling my own business over the last seven years, but in helping hundreds of entrepreneurs in varying levels of capacity, whether it's group coaching or live coaching or, or one-on-one you know, there are some commonalities there. And I think that that message and that framework 
really deserved a platform to reach more people because there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there and there, you know, the approach really is designed to be able to help an entrepreneur who is not really, um, it's not an accountant. Let's just call it what mm-hmm. it is. And many of them and out you, you that are out there that are listening are not, and that's okay. I'm not books, not trying to make you an accountant. It's actually trying to empower you with some soulful practices, with some really tangible tips, with some resources to be able to give you some clarity and, and feel, um, the energy behind money as you mm-hmm. work through your business. So it's been a really fun process. And like I said, I could not have written this book three or four years ago because I just didn't have the experience um, that I've, that I've obtained over the last several years to be able to say, this is it. This is a pinpoint. This is a, this is an actionable item. Let's get you unstuck, get you feeling good about how your numbers are running through your business and where you might, you know, feel tripped up. So it feels really good to get into the world. I love this. I'm so excited about it. It's, there's so much truth to what you're talking about. I know from my own lived experience of, you know, being an entrepreneur for the last seven years, which has been through multiple iterative different experiences of calling myself different things out there in the world um, and changing my business model so many times over. One of the things that I see in our network and with our peers of people who are scaling and growing is resistance around money. And as much as we have understanding maybe of the high level of what our numbers are saying. Sometimes there's this, we become timid to fully look under the cover, to fully be exposed, to see all of it. And I know for myself, really understanding how money works both energetically and then tangibly Mm -hmm. has been a big shift to understand the unlocks within my own business. I'm curious for you, what are some of the core trends you see entrepreneur clients, you see an entrepreneur clients when there's maybe a fear or some sort of fear that shows up around money? What are they fearing? Yeah. Um, the avoidance, it's the avoidance yeah. factor. Um, you know, I think there, there's a couple different things that come to mind. I think the fear is it can be rooted in their money story, right? Like mm-hmm. how they grew up around money. Cause if you go into business, it's just going to amplify whatever financial patterns you have seen or you've experienced. And so I think sometimes if you haven't had an overall favorable experience around money, whether that's language, whether that's your upbringing, whether that's you personally, maybe not treating money as respectfully as you had hoped, uh, maybe you got yourself into debt, maybe you got yourself out of debt, right? There, There are some things that continue to emotionally attach to the concept of money. So as a business owner, when you're more responsible for your livelihood and potentially others, it really can come into play from that, that fearful standpoint that you're going to drudge up some of that, or you're not going to, you've kind of eroded the confidence that you've, you know, over time, if how you dealt with money and you're just fearful that you might make those same, same mistakes or bigger at an amplified level. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of them. Another one is around unworthiness. Um, a big thing around unworthiness as entrepreneurs, we set our own prices, right? To a degree, we set our own prices. And so sometimes if, if you really dig into it, you're like, oh, I'm not doing this right. And, and nobody wants to feel like they're not doing this right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times they'll say, well, I'm pricing this in a way, but I have no idea if it's profitable. And I'm almost fearful to dig into it. Cause then I feel like I'm not entrepreneuring correctly. Right. 
That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, I think there's so many amazingly passionate and creative people out there. And they've got this narrative in their head that whether they say it or other people have said it, they're like, I'm not good with numbers. I don't like numbers. I've I don't, said I that one it. before. <laughs> and the oh, reality you just is- do it. You just do it. It's easier for you to figure <laughs> that out. I'm not good with numbers. Um, hi, guilty. Yeah. And the good news is you don't have to do your numbers, but you do have to know your numbers. Yeah. And those can be two different things, depending on the season of business that you're in, right? Maybe you're just early stage and you're starting out and you're kind of bootstrapping. You got to get to know, you know, some of the numbers, the key numbers in your business. And then eventually you can kind of hire that out and somebody can advise you and give you the information and help you make, you know, confident financial decisions. But those are some, some common patterns that I see and, um, you know, avoidance being kind of the umbrella, um, mm. behind it or fear that this is going to somehow stifle them or not mm. allow them to be creative because they get unhealthily obsessed with the numbers. Mm. So there's a pendulum of avoidance on one side and, and like unhealthily obsessed. And in the middle of that is your peace. I love that. Talk to me about that then. So when we just talked about the fear side of that, when entrepreneurs, I know, for instance, like when you go in and you clean up somebody's books and you help them understand their money, what unlocks for them when they start to actually look at their numbers for the first time? What shows up on the positive side once they're like, oh, that's not so scary. Now I actually know my numbers and I understand how to invest properly in my business. Such a great question. The one that comes top of mind that has has come up several times over the last um, money mapping experiences that we've done with new business owners is, you know, we're driven by goals, right? Um, if you understand what your revenue target or number of new clients are a month, somehow that feels easier to digest for somebody that's a business owner out there generating revenue. Oh, you mean I only have to get or secure two clients this in a month and it'll cover my expenses or mm. one a week or however you want to, however you want to phrase it, but it feels a little bit more exciting, like a target, like a milestone to them to be able to go connect with more people, offer their solutions to more people, and then know that they're okay. Cause a lot of times an entrepreneur is like, I'm just freaking out. Cause I just don't know if I'm okay. Am I going to be okay? Is this business going to last? You know, I made a lot of personal sacrifices likely to become an entrepreneur and I'm out here kind of trying to justify it to my friends and family, but inside I'm just kind of like, I really don't know. And that's a really unsettling, um, you know, almost unhealthy state to be around your finances because it's the fuel for your business. It's the business that fuels your life, right? It funds your life. Mm So ultimately you got to take care of the source and the source is actually your business in this case. So those are some of the things I think that come up often, um, is that what if I really just kept it simple and says, this is what I need to do each month to create a financially healthy business. That's it. Oh, and let me pull it back. Cause I love, there's a slogan underneath money queen. And the last part of that sentence is run a profitable business while living a fuller life. Oh, hell yeah. And as soon as I saw that, (laughs) my whole body lit up and I got goosebumps everywhere because that's it. That's really it. But I want to pull at that a little bit more. Why was that so important for you to include in the book from your own lived experience 
around how running a profitable business has allowed and impacted your life. Oh, there's a journey here. So I know that there are people out there listening and and you're in different parts of the journey. So I'll walk you through it pretty quickly. And I'm sure you can find yourself in it. Um, You know, I left corporate America. So I had the stability of a, a, a salary and a corporate job and I knew what my paycheck was going to be every month. And, you know, at some point in that journey, I had kind of burnt out. I felt misaligned. I wasn't really sure what was happening, to be honest, because I hadn't used language like that before. I didn't really go inward. I didn't understand why everything I ever wanted and worked for all of a sudden didn't feel like enough. Mm-hmm. So I made a big change an untraditional change. And I left corporate and, you know, during that initial year or so I played really small. I almost felt like with money, um, came burnout. Like that was my version of success. And I have since changed that, but you can understand that when you're playing really small and you're just kind of using the mindset of, I just want to pay the bills, right? I just don't want the stress that I had before. So I'm willing to just kind of play small. And what I realized like about that is during that time. And and after that time, when I started generating more money and getting more clarity was that was no life that I wanted to live. That was not a full life. I needed money as the resource that it is to do good in the world, to create experiences for myself, to create a bigger impact. You know, you can, if you have a, you know, for charity, you know, donating or philanthropy, you money goes way further than time. Right. Mm -hmm. So all these things, I had to shift my mindset around it and say, how can I create a source, which is a profitable business in order to align and support my version of a fuller life? And that took me a while to define it. I think it's ever evolving. I think it is for everybody that's listening. Um, and so in order to do that, I had to kind of combine the strategies mm-hmm. and that's where the money queen model really came into play. How do you run a profitable business, get the machine running while you're still living this version of a fuller life. And so there's tools and resources in there to say, well, how the hell do I define that? Great. Here's step one. Here's step two. And it ties all the way through the book, all the way to the financial strategies and the money rituals to be able to say, okay, now that I've created this framework for my business to scale it, does it actually align with what I said I wanted in the beginning? And it's really just a great cross check for you to be able to say, does this feel aligned? Great. Get rid of everything else and just go for it. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't always aligned. I've been a CFO for many, many years, whether it was in a corporate environment or when I left and started doing fractional CFO. And I can assure you that right now in my life and my business, this is me. Before I was playing a role, right? To a degree, I wasn't really feeling authentic in my voice. I had to kind of play the game. Um, fit the box that society kind of said I was in because of my credentials and my experience. And once I and realized being this female in the primary <laughs> dominated male industry, dot, Heck, dot, yeah. Dot. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's like, once I realized that there were actually people out there that resonated more with my unique style, and I didn't have to try to be two different people. Cause that's fucking exhausting. Then I thought, oh my gosh, there's actually a place for me out here where I can just be myself. And it is the most freeing thing. And the right people end up getting that energy circulation back to me. And now I get to work with fully aligned clients. Like I'm not for everybody, which is fine. In fact, that's actually pretty exhausting to try to do that. And so when you find your people and you start using your own voice, all of a sudden you're like, this is what alignment feels like. Mm -hmm. And when you have that alignment, anything that comes in and threatens that 
you just go, no, the boundaries come up, but I didn't feel really safe or secure enough or clear enough to set those boundaries until I allowed myself to really show up in this way. I love that. Thank you for sharing. There's so much goodness in that. And you know, my story runs parallel to your story in so many ways. And, you know, from experience 2019, when we met at a mastermind group, the reason we immediately connected was because we had a similar story, a similar background, a similar, oh, you come from corporate too. You get it. You get that this feels a bit uncomfortable and a bit unwavering to go from structure and steadiness and boxes to free flow and we create and you name your price. And it felt like, you know, this magic carpet ride we were both on together trying to figure out the world of entrepreneurship. And what's so beautiful to me playing back to you four years later is the masks really are off. Mm. Like I met you, you met me and we were both wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun for me to witness you step into the world in such a profound way to say, here's who I am. This is my gifting. Here's how I can serve more in the world. The, the people who are met, who I meant to serve in the world and let all the rest of the bullshit go. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful to see. That. And I just want to acknowledge you for a minute and just some hold some space to say, now, not only are you doing that in a one with one capacity and group coaching capacity, but now we have a book, something that is tangible for many people to get their hands onto at a price point that many people can find the resources to make that happen. And you can take the wisdom that's in that beautiful brain and soul of yours and pour it fully into people's minds while they're reading, reading the pages. It's so yeah. cool to watch. Thank you so much for that. You know, for those of you out there that are in community of any kind, you know, that, you know, those relationships that come out of things like masterminds and containers, and those are the gifts that keep on giving. And Jackie has been a gift to me Mm -hmm. ever since we met in 2019 through all the different seasons of this business. And there's a reason why we stay connected. And it's because we have always seen each other. Mm -hmm. It's just these versions that we kind of bloom into, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it's all flowers at at any time, right? But the journey is what makes it exactly what it is. And when you have the people around you to support you and lift you up and and truly see you, give you a platform just like this for us to have this conversation. It's just, I feel so fortunate that I said yes, four years ago to an investment that has continued to, to be such a benefit and such a gift years later. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. You know, one of the things I, I want to circle back to on that initial, you know, the run a profitable business while living a fuller life piece of it. One of my tendencies can be as I'm building the business to take all the resources of the business and just keep pouring back into the business. And I've done that in seasons of entrepreneurship where it's been at expense of my life. It's been at expense of living the fullest capability that I feel like, or just maybe some of the desires I have that I want to live. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what do you, what do you say to people like me who are like, I just keep taking every profit mm-hmm. that I have in the business and putting it back in, whether it's, you know, my world is hiring the next person. So it unlocks me to go do more of what I want to do in the business. Mm-hmm. But how do you connect that? I almost see it like this figure eight of like run the profitable business so that we can live this fuller life. If you live the fuller life, you'll run a more profitable business. I see it as this yin and yang energy. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes I get caught up in the one circle of just keep investing in my business. 
So how do you help people that, that are thinking that way? Yeah, I, I always will go back to the root, which is you and what matters to you. Mm-hmm. And then structure, you know, create offers and structure your business kind of around that using capacity, you know, you know, capacity planning, Jackie, it's all, <laughs> I got, but, I got you know, capacity from, plan- yeah. <laughs> from that standpoint, that's what I would do is I would go back to basically say, is this what I said I want? And is, is this supporting it? One of the, one of the main things that I think um, for entrepreneurs who are generating revenue and does that you do have the resource of money to be able to invest back in or take out for your livelihood or create long-term financial wealth. I always describe it as like a three-legged stool. And if you're a business owner, then you've got like, you know, we'll use our triangle because we love our triangles, don't we? Um, One of the points in the triangle or the stool would be your CFO, right? This is going to be your business financial strategist, right? The one that is like your financial fairy godmother we've been called. (laughs) That's to make sure that the root, the source, which is your business is funding your life. But then you've got a CPA, which is your tax specialist, making sure that the business and your personal, you know, you're kind of limiting whatever tax liability that you could have. You're getting tax strategy in place so that you're, you know, taking whatever proper deductions you can take. And then you've got a personal financial advisor. So those are your three, three pillars of your stool. So your CFO, your CFA, which is your financial advisor in the US anyway, that's what it's called. And then your CPA, which is your tax strategist. Those people all have to be kind of firing on all cylinders. They have to know what Jackie's goals are for her family. Do you have upcoming real estate purchases? Are you interested in investing in the market? How can your business support the overall life plan? Mm -hmm. And so to answer your question, when I think about what you say is I get kind of say, hey, I've got this cash reserve do I want to scale the business? Is that something that I can sustain right now? Or do I want to kind of sock it away for my kids, for myself? Um, where do I really see all this fitting together? And those people all being on the same page, because we'll hop on calls with clients with the full team, at least twice a year, right? But mm. sometimes more often to say, are we team Jackie? Are we still aligned? Is everything going in the direction that we originally said or have things changed? Let's all reevaluate and just make sure that that's really staying the course. Because as business owners, one of the beautiful things you heard me say about masterminds is the the network and the relationships. But there's another thing that I actually want to be mindful of, and it's scaling and chasing goals. And I call it a rainbow. Your rainbow is your represents your fuller life. And the reason I mm-hmm. call it a rainbow is because no two people see the same one. It's a fact. So your fuller life is not represented by some mastermind person who seems to have it all or somebody on Instagram who seems to have it all. I've been down that road. I've chased these high, sexy revenue marks because I thought that was what I had to do to reach that next level of success. And I'm here to tell you, there's absolutely no revenue goal that is worth your piece. You've got to figure out what that looks like. So maybe the seven figure mark is a sexy metric that you really want to be in that club. And that's fine. We can help you scale your business, optimize your resources, get you there without burning out. But maybe that's not your MO. Maybe it's not. And that's okay too. But you being able to get really clear about defining it and then getting the right team in place to be able to look at it through all our professional lenses is going to help you get there faster, more confidently, and and more fully aligned. I love that. You and I both it's so important to talk about kind of the team orientation of like who needs to be on the team, who needs to be on the bus in order to get you to where you want to go. One of the things that you've talked about a couple of times and it resonates so deeply with me is burnout. 
you know, I have lived in burnout, um, in a corporate life and I have felt like I've probably lived in burnout in my entrepreneur life, right? There's been pieces of times where it has felt overwhelming because instead of running one function in a corporate setting, I'm now running every single function in a business setting as an entrepreneur, inclusive of needing to still be, you know, the expert in the space that I play in. I'm curious for you, you talked a lot about like, how do we do this without getting you to burnout? How do we mitigate burnout for entrepreneurs while they're going after their goals? Let's let's say uh, an entrepreneur is, is working towards $1 million as an example. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? How do you, how do you ask questions or hold space or maybe even gently push or challenge when you're seeing a, a maybe a spiraling of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. to level set and reset? What does fuller life really mean for you? Mm, it's a really good question. It's kind of like you, you do an assessment on all the resources mm. and the four resources that I focus on. And this does not just apply to business. It's, it's really everywhere, right? Your, your source of energy, your number of hours, your, you know, ability to serve and show up and support for yourself or others is the same, you know, amount of time, right? So it all comes from one source. So if you look at everything that you're responsible for, if you optimize these four resources, that's where you're really going to start to identify where there are gaps, where there are overlaps and where there are opportunities. So the four resources are first one being time, team money and energy. Hmm. So those are the four resources. And if you get those calibrated to support your overall goals and get those working for you, then you're going to be able to free up some of that time. So it's, you know, really getting that like systems and support in Hmm. place for you to be able to scale the business where it's not all you doing the production. It's not you doing every part of it. And sure, Jackie and I are here to tell you that there are seasons of your business where that is just going to be the truth. And that's where a lot of people get it is. I'm really happy that you brought that up because there are definite seasons where it's like, all right, we're rolling the sleeves up and we're getting it done. And we have to put our head down in some way, shape or form. I've definitely been there too. And um, I think that's so important to talk about in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Everything here, you know, Jackie and I both mentioned, you know, she mentioned parallel lives. You've heard us both say basically seven years ago, we became entrepreneurs. We used to be young female, 20 something C levels. And just, you know, really, you can imagine why we bonded and connected so well. And, you know, I share that because none of this has happened overnight and we're actually, you know, it happens over time and it's still happening. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I dare, I say, I haven't started my last business. I don't know about you, Jackie, but you know, we don't know well, what lies. You and ahead. I are probably going to partner in some business because right. we got we got the we got the money and the people combo. <laughs> right. Stay tuned. Um, but that is our really, next book coming out. <laughs> yes, I already have another book on my mind. I feel like, mm. and it's kind of around you know going back to the fuller life. You know, for me, I love travel. I love adventure and experience. And yeah. you know, I used to be so tied to material things because they felt like instant gratification because I didn't have time. I didn't have PTO. I had money, more money than I had had, but I didn't have it, the experience side of it. Cause I just couldn't find room for it. So I would go buy material things to make myself feel better and be like, yeah, this is worth it. I'm totally killing it right now. So empty. It's so empty. So as I got out on my own, I realized I really wanted to build a business that would support me traveling, me working from anywhere, um, me attending in-person events and different things that really lit me up. And that was one of the things that felt really important to me that I had to recalibrate. 
Um, and I would encourage you as you kind of identify what really matters to you, just how do you want to spend your time, you know? And sometimes that isn't as easy as you think. Sometimes we've not given ourselves permission to even uncover that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not right or it's selfish or whatever, insert negative emotion here. But I'm here to tell you it's necessary. If you're feeling a little stuck, you're feeling a little out of alignment or unclear, then that's what you've got to be able to do. And it might not be this giant, big 10X program. It might be, go for it. It might be something a little bit more middle ground where you're like, you know, I'm happy. I am good making this much money and having this much time. And if I decide to add to team and scale, great. I will do it more responsibly while staying abundant. I won't avoid my numbers. I will put the right support system in place and I will do it in a way that's going to serve me long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you're, you're so right in the, all the key thing that I'm taking away and what really resonated and popped there for me is like, I'll understand my numbers. I'm not going to hide from them. I'm not going to avoid them. But in fact, for me, seeing them on a, I almost get like a weekly update and then a deeper dive on a monthly update, seeing my numbers, having somebody on my team that I know is focused on numbers all the time has given a peace of mind that is, I don't even know what that's worth. Hmm. It's given a peace of mind to make better decisions in my life and in my business to say, when are we investing? When are we not investing? Where are we investing in And as an example, this summer, you know, I went through a a number of team members that went off on maternity leave. And so again, I was in a place where a lot of the resources I had were not available to me to support, to support me. And I watched and witnessed myself go into habitual mode of, okay, I just have to do it all then I'll just do it all. And it was about a month into that. I had one of those, you and I both know when we put pen to paper, things show up beautifully for us. So I had one of those like profound journaling downloads where all of a sudden what came through very clearly for me was, is this actually what you need to do? Mm. Or could the summer look a little different? Because I was having a, I have six-year-old twin girls. I was having a lot of guilt show up because I wanted to spend time with my kids in the summer. You know, I don't know how many more summers when we count down, we do like the Jesse Itzler version. It's like, we only have a few more summers of them, like probably wanting to hang out with me and thinking I'm really cool before they want to be teenagers and go and hang out with their friends. Hopefully they think I'm cool as a teenager, (laughs) but anyways, (laughs) there's this reality check of like, how many more summers do I get with them as kids Mm. and to go create memories. And here I am feeling like I have to put the throttle down in my business because if I don't do it, who will? And if it doesn't happen, am I going to lose it all? It's such a powerful experience. So how did you, how did you shift? Like, what was, what did that look like for you? Well, I had to get really uncomfortable for a little while, right? I had to go inward and really ask some of the deeper questions. And Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know this, Bridget and I are really woo-woo. So so welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had to really slow down though. And that's, I talk about this and I've talked about this for years that, I didn't realize how powerful pausing was. So the power in the pause is so important to me and recalibrating what was important for me in the next eight weeks of summer that my kids were going to be out of school and almost reverse engineering what that then needed to look like in order to get clarity around, well, if this is true and this is how I want to spend my summer, and that's telling me I only have five hours, a couple of days maybe six hours, a couple days to get what I need to get done, done. Then how do we prioritize within the business? 
And how do we just let some things go Mm -hmm. and be okay with that? Mm -hmm. So that was my, my process in getting there, but it did take a lot of like, let's be honest. There was a lot of journaling. There was tears. There was fear. There was uncomfortable, there was uncomfortableness. There was having conversations and level setting with my husband. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, breath work and meditation and throwing myself in ice cold baths and, you know, trying to really work through this old conditioning that can show up for me, which is I was successful in a corporate lens because I put my head down. I knew how to grind. Mm-hmm. I could get shit done. And I was pretty good at the things I then did. Mm-hmm. And so there's this habitual pattern that can show up for me, which is that that's the default even though there's been so much work on it where I initially go right back to, Oh, just put your head down and grind. Cause you'll get through it. Cause you can. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the way. So I'm sharing, you know, that personal story because I think it's so core to what you're talking about, which is having to reverse engineer and say, okay, I have 25 hours a week this summer. How am I spending that time? Yeah. What do it, I need? It, How can we continue to maintain profitability in a business? not sink the business, not completely shut down the business, which was definitely a thought. You know, there's times where you feel it happens a couple times a year. <laughs> it's where you're totally like, normal. Oh, I'll just close the doors. It's okay. <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> I no, came back Jackie. from that level of fear and like, you know, just downward spiral and got myself back to a different place. But uh-huh. yeah, that was my lived experience. Like just recently, that was really profound in this connectivity of wanting to pick my kids up from camp at three o'clock and go to the beach with them because that experience and those core memories are going to live a lot longer than the 10,000 bucks I might've made that day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that you shared that entire experience. And I think going deep like that and showing part of the journey with people that are in it allows them to see that, oh, this is actually part of it. I'm not doing it wrong. This is me stretching. This is me understanding and prioritizing and letting go of these, you know, kind of stereotype um, or, you know, former qualities that we've had. And it reminded me of something that dawned on me not that long ago. And I know you're going to resonate with this. And for entrepreneurs out there, this is going to actually motivate you because I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, in corporate or when you're working for somebody else, let's just say you can almost feel penalized for being efficient. And what I mean by that is you're damn good at your job. You're knocking stuff off with the to do list. And then you, what happens? You get more. Mm-hmm. You right? get the second job that's still right. boxed into your job with the same right. title and the same pay. <laughs> On the flip side, entrepreneurs, we get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to look at it through that lens, like Jackie didn't say, okay, I have 25 hours. How can I actually do this? you know, more automated, more systematized with strong, with workflows. Where do I need the support? What, what is just not a not now thing? And her reward was her business maintained momentum. Mm -hmm. And then she was able to, you know, spend the time with her daughters and her family that she wanted. And I can't think of a bigger um, carrot, right? Like I can't think of a a bigger reason why you would, wouldn't want to light the fire under yourself to be able to say, I'm going to figure this out. And I don't really have to answer to anybody, right? I'm the decision maker. I'm the one that looks in the mirror at night. I'm the one that puts my head on the pillow. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, how do I want to feel? And I just think that is such a timely story because it's, you know, we, we kind of joked when you're like, well, sometimes I, you know, shut the door and on the business. It's like that can, that can pop into your mind often. But when you know the alternative, 
is not something that's desirable for you, which for me, that was really going back to corporate. That was always an option. I mean, I had the, I had Mm -hmm. the resume, but I couldn't unsee what I had seen out here, the ability to really express myself in a different way and, and create solutions and processes and make really, you know, great connections with people. And that was enough for me to drudge through the things that felt really hard. That's it. It's interesting too, if you think about it through that lens, which is if I'm honest, if I really look at the summer, I was likely more productive in those 25 hours than when Mm -hmm. I work 40 or 45 because there was a time bound. There was a, Mm -hmm. I got up, I took my kids to tennis. I dropped them off at camp and it was like, all right, you got five hours. So my workout wasn't happening in my five hour workday anymore. It was happening at 5am or 530 because I was very clear about what my, you know, intentions were. And I got really clear about what the flow of the day needed to look like Mm -hmm. because being at that camp and picking those kids up at three instead of five. Right. And then having this core memory that we got to create every day together was more valuable than any price tag, but Mm -hmm. it also lit this fire under my ass. Mm-hmm. which was like, all right, here we go. We got five hours and the efficiencies and the boundaries of saying, Hey, would love to have this conversation with you. But unfortunately right now I'm in a season of no and needing mm-hmm. to like push that to the fall. Mm-hmm. Right. Of like just the, Hey, can I check in with you? Can I have 30 minutes of your time? Like just friends that wanted to have kind of catch ups. It was like, Hey, this time for me is dedicated to serving my clients and you know, Mm -hmm. serving my team and really supporting the business to maintain profitability through the summer. It's interesting. And it shows you what you can do. It shows you um, the thing that was popping into my mind. Like I mentioned, I love to travel. So the, my most productive day is always the day before I go out of town. And I just like turn into this machine. I'm like, where's she come from? Wow. Like how, how can I do all that? And why can't I do that more often? What, what am I, why am I holding myself back in in whatever way I'm doing? Cause I'm stretching things out or you know, filling my calendar with certain things or scrolling or whatever the things that we get caught up in. And I think that that's really fascinating to be able to look at it that way and say, okay, now that I know what I can do with the time that I'm given, how will that translate as I grow? You know, what boundaries do I keep, right? To be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And which, you know, which areas, you know, get reprioritized. Like I'm thinking about this book, right? So this year was insane. I, I did a lot of firsts, um, I I trained for a marathon, which wasn't my first marathon, but I trained for a marathon while I was writing the book. These are really time. I feel like like, there's a a parallel here between writing the marathon and writing the book. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting. And to go back on Jackie's point is I was doing these really big, hard things that require discipline. And for some reason in my gold star chaser mind, which I I'll own it. I mean, I climbed the corporate ladder with that gold chasing mind. And now I just, you know, chase different stars, right? And during that time, I thought, well, I'd really like to go towards two really big goals that require discipline. But because what happened was when I was running and training, I really would rather be editing my book. And when I was editing, I'm like, why can't I just be running? (laughs) And somehow that fueled me in different ways. It allowed me to work on both of them. And I'm grateful that I did it. I might actually do that again. Um, but, But to kind of circle back on the time thing, the book since probably February, March has consumed a lot of my calendar and my, my prioritization. And on the other side of it, then I get to ask myself, how do I want to replace that time? What does that look like? 
what other things have that really opened up inside of me where I can, you know, serve more people or speak more or, you know, go on these book tours and, you know, how do I replace that time? It's kind of like, you know, when you think about the pandemic, we all got this elimination diet almost in our calendar and with our obligations. And we almost didn't know what to do with ourselves right away. Right. And then when way later things open back up, we got the choice to see what we wanted to add back. And I think that was a gift of that time. And I feel like we can kind of create those gifts for ourselves as we check one thing off or we accomplish something or we cross a milestone, we get the opportunity to recalibrate and we should to try to figure out what's next for us. I love that. So good. Um, Definitely the replacement, like the replacement of time is so core. I'm so curious to about your personal experience writing a book. And I want to ask the question, like, what did you learn about yourself writing this book? <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. Um, I learned that I work really well using a timer. <laughs> and I really want to share this because this is a really big productivity tip that I share in a lot of my guest coaching as well in, in groups because focus time if you have focus time, you can get a lot done. So my magic number on my phone was 50 minutes. And if I can sit down and write for 50 minutes and then take a little move break, you know, little zoom dance break, like whatever it is, a walk, a snack, then I can reset it again and go, go more. But I, I learned the discipline of it because it does require discipline and it does require you to really kind of dig deep into your mind and say, if I'm explaining this to somebody that doesn't have a financial background, you know, if I'm talking to these clients that have entrusted me, how do, what language do I use? And how do I formulate this in a way that is digestible, that makes them excited about money. And it just, it really gave me clarity about my process because I was actually putting it into a structure Mm. that didn't allow me to just go off the cuff like this. And so I learned that one, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, right? You can edit a book to death. That was my least favorite part because it never quite felt done. And I have, I had an editor as well, but there was some self-editing that was done. So I just, I learned these things about myself. I learned how I can be most productive, how I tend to show up. When is my productivity pocket? I'm a morning person. Um, I learned how to really trust in a process. You know, I had hired a book coach who had graphic designer, cover designer, editors, like the, the team to help me. And I needed that for my journey because I'm also an entrepreneur and I'm scaling and I am a one who seeks adventure and all these things. And I just, it felt too heavy. Like I couldn't do it on my own. So I invested in resources. I mean, I like to be able to have skin in the game when I'm going to something big, I will write it. I will do everything you tell me to do. I'm very coachable, but if I don't know the next step, I'll get stuck. So give me the framework, I'll follow it, right? And so that was something I also learned about myself. So really the time management, the clarity of what I'm doing and, you know, just, I think um, anytime you do something for the first time, it it just sets you up to make it an easier, smoother process next time. I love that. And it sounds like there there may be a next time there or there is. And maybe another marathon. We'll see, same time. I love it. Who's the book for? Who do you want? to get this book? Like what hands do you want to get this book into? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I want to, I want to talk about the title money queen, um, as a, it's more of a mindset than a person. Okay. So it's a business owner who is really, you know, out there doing the thing and is ready to level up in their 
not just their money story, but like in their business and, and their, you know, to be able to create aligned financial strategies. It's somebody that's been doing the thing is not looking to give up anytime soon, really wants some, like a, like the financial fairy godmother in their pocket mm-hmm. in the form of this book that they can refer back to that wants to understand how to connect, you know, the energy side of money, the magic side of money with the logic side of money and be able to be feel guided throughout it. You know, it's a book that is accompanied by resources. You know, I'm all over, I, you know, on social media and different things and to feel connected to the men or women, the entrepreneurs who get this book in their hand and start to make these small shifts and start to feel more empowered about money, less about fear and shame, more about possibility and potential. Those are my people. Mm. That's who this is for. Like, let's join the movement, right? Let's all create the mindset to be able to, you know, it's the dawn of a new day, right? No longer are we going to feel stuck around such a beautiful resource that allows us to do amazing things in the world. Amen. I love it. I love it. I know you're going on a book tour here in the next few weeks. You have four stops. We're trying to make it five. (laughs) I'll just put that little (laughs) nugget because now it's recorded. So maybe we'll actually get it happening. Tell us how people can get their hands on the book. How can they share it with their networks? If they have masterminds or entrepreneur groups that they want to get into the hands of, and where can they see you live actually promoting the book and talking about the book? Yeah, it's really exciting time to be in this part of the process because now I get to put it into the world. I get I get to hug the people that are going to read this book. We get to toast and cheers and talk about our journeys. And that is the most exciting thing to me, which is why it was really important for me to do some book launch parties. The, the cities that I'm doing, so I live in Atlanta. That is my hometown, home base. Um, so Atlanta is coming up um, September 12th on official launch day, depending on when you're airing this, you know, this might be after that. Then I'm doing um, Scottsdale, which is my West Coast office. I have a lot of clients out there. I love Scottsdale, Arizona. That's the 19th of September. And then New York um, City is coming the end of September, which I'm really excited about. These are cities where I know maybe a few people or there's some um, you know, entrepreneurial communities that have really been drawing me in in different ways and shapes and forms. And it was just really important for me to drop in and make new connections and offer a place to be able to celebrate. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you don't write your first book twice. So, you know, how can I call my people in and, and we can celebrate together? And we're trying to get a Toronto on the list. Just Toronto. Wondering. <laughs> the, the Canadians um, are like, come hang with us. Yes. Have a definitely a great Canadian community too. So I'm excited oh, about yeah. that. But the book is available September 12th on Amazon. And you can buy it there. You can also go to my website at BridgetBoucher.com. And there'll be some books available there as, as well as an inquiry. Like Jackie mentioned, if you have, if you're a community host or you host events or you've got a podcast, you know, there's, um, there's an opportunity to connect that way too. So I love it. Well, let's, let's have some fun. Let's do this. If you've made it this far in the episode and you're listening and you would do such an honor of tagging Bridget and I in a story with your number one takeaway. First 10 listeners to do that. I will buy you a book and get it shipped to you. So you can have it in your hands too. Yay. I cannot wait to see these. Thank you, Jackie. You got it. You got it. So money queen, it is out September 12th. We will link everything up in the show notes, inclusive of how you find Bridget 
I'll make sure to be screaming it from the rooftops. I can't wait to get my copy and share it with my community as well. Bridget, I love you. I'm so dang proud of you. And I cannot wait for this book to get out in the world. So much. I love you back. All right, guys, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.